Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, did one person simply have a bout of sleep paralysis or was it something much more? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Yep, it is. Thank you guys for tuning in and pressing subscribe wherever it is you're downloading podcasts. If you like our show, become an extra podcast person, an EPP as we call them. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. $5 a month gets you access to all of our bonus episodes, advanced episodes, ebook, audiobook, the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. It's all ad free when you sign up to be an EPP extra podcast person at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Carol with you. On today's episode of the program, what's going on? Full disclosure, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sitting here having a beer because I'm on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. Like, we're just kind of hanging out, chatting, talking about ghosts. It's like a vacation night. It's like a Friday night for me. Just kind of fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's nice when you have those vacation days, especially in the middle of summer, where it's just kind of like every night feels good. It's nice. And it's, you know, it's just, it's a good time for vacation. Yeah, but, and at uh, this point, it's like, what, like tw- middle of July-ish, mm-hmm. and I can't go anywhere because I have a very old dog and a really old cat, Yeah. so I'm like, you know, I'm still taking vacation, I'm just going to hang out at home. Drinking with your pets. You know what, and if you're drinking with your pets, that means you're not drinking alone, exactly. so I feel a little better about life. Exactly, especially if they're drinking with you, that makes it more fun, too. Well, they're passed out, and... Probably from drinking. <laughs> Little white claw yeah. or something for the kitty. Exactly. <laughs> no, my cat is 20. Like, it's like he's just so old. He is so old. That's funny. But he's just over there sound asleep. So, yeah, it's hard to take a vacation when you've got extremely old pets. When you're at the Carol uh, uh, at the Carol's pet hospice. Look, yeah. <laughs> It kind of is not like funny, that. but it's so true. It's so That's true. why you're laughing. It is. It's very true. And then when they're like, you know, seeing the things in the rooms that uh, that others are not like, yeah, it, it's it's Carol's pet hospice. They um, it really is. But they've been seeing these things their entire lives because they're pets. But now they're really coming out. <clears throat> but, yeah, but yeah. they're really sweet. So. That's good. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Exciting. I'm happy. Good. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. I'm going to jump over to our first story of the day. It says, hey, guys, love listening to the show while at work. It helps pass the time a little quicker. My story is a sleep paralysis story. One day after returning home from work, my wife was upset with me for some reason. I didn't really recall what she was mad at me about, but I remember her being upset with me. So we spent the whole evening not really talking to each other. I felt it was best to not say much until some time had passed so we could discuss the problem instead of yelling and shouting. Unfortunately, we both fell asleep without ever talking about what she was upset about. So I feel like this may have something to do with what happened that night. I remember suddenly being aware of my surroundings, but I was unable to move, speak, or even open my eyes. I know my eyes were still shut because I could feel the heaviness of my eyelids from being so tired. 
And even though my eyes were shut, it was like they were still open because I can still see our bedroom in the dark blue light of the moon shining through the window blinds. I tried to move, but I was frozen where I laid. I suddenly became aware of someone or something else in the room. I could not see what it was, but I knew it was there. I could feel this being moved towards me, almost like it was checking to see if I were awake. But the strange thing was, it would never make it to my body, although I could feel it getting closer. I tried to sit up to make sure someone had not gotten in our house, but could not move a muscle. So I tried to scream or make a noise of any kind, trying to jolt myself out of this frozen state, but failed every time I tried. I remember my arm was draped over my wife as she lay facing the wall, so I tried to move my arm in a way that would get her attention so she could pull me out of this paralyzed nightmare. I could not do anything but lie there and wait for this to be over. The next thing I remember is waking up with the morning sunlight shining through the blinds. I didn't tell my wife what happened because I did not want to frighten her. But a few days later, she told me, that she was also frozen and could not make a noise the very same night. I think we both shrugged it off because we did not want to come to terms with the fact that something else was in the room with us that night. And we both silently agreed to talk about any issues that we may come across instead of going to bed with bad vibes in the future. I've not had any experiences like this again and hope to never have this happen again because it was truly terrifying. Anyway, I hope this makes it to the podcast so other people who may have gone through this hear it and know that they are not alone. I love the show and hope you all have a great day. Thoughts? Well, first off, sleep paralysis is terrifying. Mm -hmm. It really is. And, you know, it's like, I, I don't really, really know what's going on. But when it's happened to me, like I've really felt there's been different experiences with it. But I've really felt like there is someone in the room and if I open my eyes, if I could, I would see it mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Like it's that kind of real. So, yeah, that's totally terrifying. But then maybe since they both went to bed angry, you know, going to bed angry would definitely cause some weird tension, especially if you're sleeping in the same bed with the person you're angry at. Mm -hmm. Awkward. I don't know. Maybe this is a good life lesson. Don't ever do that shit again. Like, talk it out. Or at least figure out how to not be angry before you go to bed. Yeah. You know, so maybe that's a good lesson to learn. Because when you think about that, like, you're really angry when you go to sleep. Of course, you're going to, that's when you have really bad dreams. I don't understand. You know, if how, you're ha yeah. having a lot of anxiety, that's when you have your waiting tables dreams or whatever yeah. your anxiety dream is. Radio going stations going off their dreams yeah but uh but everybody has that kind of anxiety dream yeah you know so it makes sense that you would have some kind of freaky dream i i never understand the idea or why anyone would be like willingly like going to bed angry especially when something can be resolved or talked about it's like sometimes i think it's almost like a torture tactic that some people use to just fuck with other people's oh, anxiety. Oh hell yes! Or it's yeah. like I know oh this is going to torture yes. this person, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put off this, or I'm gonna say something really fucking horrible. I have dated that guy. I was you know, married. Like, to, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It's torture. I mean, it is. Yeah, I no, mean, it really is. And and there are some people who are just like that, you know. Yeah. And some people enjoy torturing others. 
And I just think, you know, it's just a lesson you, you're going to take to bed. You're going to, when you go to bed and you have that anxiety, you have that anger, you have whatever, it kind of makes sense that you would have a dream like that. Yeah. That no. you're kind of trapped in it. It does. And, it, and then it's hard to know sometimes too, is this something paranormal or, you know, is there something with this too that kind of got sucked in because of all the negativity and all the anxiety and all the stuff? Because I believe that that too can almost be like a magnet for other things that, that do sometimes go beyond just our own the psychology and the psychological effects of it. But again, there's a lot of things your mind can do that can make you very well think that there's there's something else going on. But but I do yeah. think that, you know, when you're angry, that's a very negative energy about you. Mm -hmm. And if you're angry and then the person you're in bed with also has that negative energy, yeah. that's a lot. It is. It is so, a lot. So, yeah, I think lesson learned. Yeah. Talk it out before you go to bed. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for sharing that experience with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Next letter says, so a little background. This is not my first experience with ghosts. When I was seven, I was playing with a lighter when it dropped and set my bed on fire. At the time, I had difficulty sleeping at night, so it was weird when I got sleepy suddenly. The fire was big, so there was no way it would have just gone out by itself. And before I passed out, some shadow figure blew out the flame. I learned later that there was an old lady who died in the house, and she loved kids. Turns out when my mom was home alone, she would throw heavy objects across the room, but this ghost or entity was different. Whereas the other was kind, this one seemed almost sinister. My room is always cold, but we just blamed it on the fact that I only have one vent leading to my room. But now that I think about it, I believe that there is, that's not the reason. I've always had an overactive imagination, so when it comes to seeing things, my parents did say it's all in my head. Last night I caught something on camera. I had this strange feeling that something or someone was watching me from above. I ignored it for a bit, but then I got to the point where I could not fall asleep. So I turned on my camera and started recording my ceiling. I have eight-foot ceilings because I live in the garage that was remodeled into two bedrooms. I started recording and kind of laid there with the phone right next to me. The feeling of being watched became stronger, and it made my stomach turn. After a little bit, I stopped the recording and looked over the video, and there, right above me, was a white face. I instantly turned on my light, but there was nothing there that could have created the face I saw. I decided to sleep in a different room so that I would not be bothered. But today, while I was cleaning my room, I'd feel someone tapping my shoulder or poking my back. I knew I was alone in my room because I was facing my door, so no one would have walked in behind me without me knowing. I dismissed the taps until I started hearing coughs or sneezes behind me. This is not the first time I felt that something was with me when I was alone. But this was the first time I knew something was there. I'm too scared to sleep in my room tonight in fear that things might escalate. And I do not know if the entity is attached to the room or to me. Thoughts? Okay. Some people, like I've said before, I don't know if they're braver or crazier than me. But, like, I couldn't, there's no way I could just start taping something for fear that I would actually see something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, I feel like there's somebody around me. I just don't want it confirmed. Yeah, you better damn well know when you press record that if you, in fact, want that answer to be yes, are you okay with that being yes or whatever you happen to capture? Is that going to yeah. be more comforting or is that going to make this feel 10 times worse? 
And then if you do get something there, now, you know, because a lot of times um, people post pictures and stuff and it's like, do you see it? And I'm like, I don't. And so sometimes people see something that really isn't there, I don't think, mm-hmm. or at least they're seeing something. I ain't seen it. But if you do see, if, if you were to take a video and you saw a face, like, I think that would drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, th- I don't want the confirmation. It's going to be like, I'm going to try to get past this. Yeah. But, you know, we had that. And I was talking about it with somebody this week about um, they felt like there was a spirit in the house. And they said, and we had talked about it a couple months ago on an episode. They said, you know, well, people in other cultures, like we do sage, and they, they're they like, get the fuck out of here. You know, they get really mad at it. Mm-hmm. And they asked me if I'd ever heard that. And I said, yes, as a matter of fact. we I can't remember where they were from, the Philippines or someplace like that. Yeah. But I'm like... I think I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, try that approach. See if it works. You know, I mean, because in some cultures, that's what they swear by doing and and using. And I mean, it's not necessarily trying to, it's not provoking. Like, that's where, it, provoking is more like, come on, show yourself, that sort of thing. Yeah, more put, so, this is putting your foot down. And yeah. if you want, do it with sage burning in your hand. Yeah. And maybe this you're going to get them both ways. This is setting boundaries. But, but I think, you know, I think if you've done something where you feel like you've confirmed it, mm-hmm. now you really need to do something about it because I think that's going to just drive you nuts. Yeah. I really do. And like when I was a kid, and I know I've told this story before, but I am, um, you know, I had a bunch of shit underneath my bed. I was a kid. Your mom says, clean your room. You mm-hmm. push it under your bed. Yep. And I had a record player on my bed. I unplugged it drop the extension cord behind my bed and it caught on fire. Oh yeah. And so, but this is in that haunted house. And, and so I went over cause I unplugged the, the record player and then I was going to go downstairs and I was the only one upstairs. And so I shut the light out and I kind of glanced over my shoulder and that it was weird. I still see it in my head. Like the wall was just glowing, which is really weird because a fire, if a fire starts, would be just a little fire. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't glow on a whole freaking wall. Yeah. So I, um, I remember yelling fire, fire. And we'd had fire prevention week and they're, they're like, if there's ever fire, go to the bathroom and get a bunch of wet towels and take them in there and, and so I'm like, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to the haunted upstairs bathroom. I got all the towels out of there and I soaked them all down, came back in. And the weirdest thing is even though that, that wall was glowing, there was not even any indication of smoke on the really old wallpaper on the walls. It was in the middle of my bed underneath and it burned through my box springs in the center. There was like three different places. There were holes. And it burned through the mattress, and it burned through the bottom layer of a quilt my grandmother had made. That's Not really bizarre. Not the top. Yeah, so my so my grandma had to remake the quilt. It just burned all the batting out of the middle of the quilt, all of the back of the quilt, but not the the front of the quilt. Like uh, how? And in the mattress, and in the mattress, and in the box springs, there was like three holes. Yeah. 
where the fire. So I dropped the extension cord, which now electrical fires maybe could do weird things, but I dropped the extension cord next to the wall. How did it end up in the middle of my mattress? That's the weird. Yeah. The that fire. doesn't make any sense is. Yeah. Yeah. So when she was talking about that fire, I was like, I can relate to that. That shit happened to me. But you know, it was just the weirdest thing. And at the yeah. time, you know, everybody's like, Carol, you saved the day with those wet towels. <laughs> and I'm feeling so good. And it wasn't. And at the time, like, I was just like, oh, my God, I was not careful. I started the fire. It was as an adult. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. You kind of put the weird. pieces together later. Yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah. But at the time, I just thought. I caused a fire. I felt a lot of guilt, but I also felt super proud because I saved the day. Yeah. But the house did not burn down because of my quick thinking. But it, you know, I was like, how did that happen? But maybe an electrical fire, it could have jumped like that, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I experienced something amazing this week for the first time. Please tell. I'm not a virgin anymore. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> What? I don't know how Harper came about, but what? somehow. No, I'm kidding. She's no, uh, no. Um, it, so uh, I've never experienced this, uh, and I know they've been out for quite a while now. But noise canceling headphones. I I I bought my first pair. This is not an ad or anything like that. But I bought my first pair of the Apple ones, the AirPods or whatever they are. And there's a noise canceling feature on it, and you you press it, and all of a sudden. Holy shit, you can't hear anything in the room. I don't know how oh, this works. Wait, you, I don't know. You, I just bought some noise canceling headphones. They're not Apple, they're Sony. Yeah. And um they don't work as well as I thought, but maybe I'm missing there's a feature that I'm not I don't taking know. advantage because of. Because you can do it without having music or anything playing. You can just press the button and then it just canceled all the noise in the room. And I was like, how did it do that? <laughs> I don't know if it's like shooting like a, um, a like a different frequency at your ear that we can't hear, but that's what's canceling. That'd be my guess. Um, but I was blown away. And I, I mean, obviously, we do audio for a living. So I've had headphones on every day of my life for the last damn near 30 years. And um, it, it's I've I, this is just as exciting as I think the first time I ever put on studio headphones and went and got, went, oh, my God, this sounds so much better with studio headphones. That was neat. <laughs> I don't know how the, the hell it did it. Crazy thing for someone like me who, and there are a lot of people right now who are going to say, I relate to that, but I have constant ringing in my ears, constant. And if I cancel out all the noise, that's when I really, that's like, God, I wish it would stop. I wish it would stop. And that's not going to cancel. So I have that. to have noise. Yeah. 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 So I have to have a fan going at night. I just found Amen. it, I found it, I do too. I, I found it amazing just even when you started playing music on it too. Cause it's like, yeah, it I want it for lawn mowing. Oh. Cause yeah, I have yeah. a riding lawn mower that's pretty loud. It's I want great. it for that. I mean, it doesn't quite, I mean, is there, there's anything that's going to kill that much of a loudness yet, but it makes it a hell of a lot better. No, but it makes it better. It I does. just, you know, cause I'm like, with someone who has concert ringing in her ears, like I don't want to yeah. aggravate it anymore. Sure. I was just, it was like, this is kind of spooky weird. I mean, I, <laughs> there's nothing you know paranormal going on, but whatever the hell they're doing, that was neat. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a caller. Hi, you are on the air. Hi, my name is Amanda. 
I'm calling to um, share an experience I had at my parents' house. Um, I've shared this experience with my family, and they don't believe me, but I've shared it with friends, and it definitely spooks them. Um, my friends who have come over my house and have gone into my basement, um, definitely some of them have said that it feels weird, and then when I tell them the story, it kind of makes sense to them. But... Um, Growing up in my parents' house, I've always been uncomfortable with the basement. And prior to us moving there, there was only one other family that lived there because it was a fairly newer home. So it's not like it was a really old home that could have had a lot of families or anything like that. But the family before us divorced, left the house, and we uh, moved in in the early 2000s. Um, so anyways, to get to the story, uh, I have a dog. His name is Charlie, and um, he is my buddy, and I got him while still living at my family's house. And um, I have always just been just iffy about the basement, but, you know, I just know that dogs vibe off of their owners, uh, off their people, so I don't, you know, get super freaked out of the basement. I just kind of, like, put it aside and forget about it. Um, my dog, Charlie, before having a dream would pass the entrance of the um, basement through the kitchen because it's a big circle around the first floor and the entrance to the basement doesn't have a door. So before having this dream that I had, he had no problem going by that entrance, but he wouldn't go down to the basement. Um, I had a dream and in my dream, it was a demonic voice from the, the bottom of the steps and the basement was dark. So the lights weren't on, on in my dream in the basement. I was standing at the top of the steps and I heard a demonic voice say, give me Charlie. And I remembered waking up and being really freaked out, realizing it was a dream, realizing Charlie was okay. And then kind of like, you know, getting up and starting. I at the time would wake up the earliest of my family and it was still dark out. So I went downstairs to go feed Charlie and he wouldn't even go near the basement steps. He would not walk past the entrance of the basement and it really freaked me out. Um, that was when he was under one years old. Charlie will be six this September, and anytime he's at my parents' house, he still does not walk past the entrance. Um, he needs a carpet runner because they have tile flooring. He needs a carpet runner um, along that area so that he can kind of like scoot fast past it, or else he kind of looks like he's on ice skates with his claws because he gets freaked out and gets on his claws or his um, nails when he's running by it. Definitely freaks me out, definitely confirms something funky, some weird vibe. I even try to put it aside feeling like maybe I just got really freaked out and he's vibing off that. And I've gone down to the basement and stayed calm, but he will not go down there. We've tried bringing him down to see like, you know, maybe this is just, you know, him being paranoid. Nope, just didn't get any better. So I, I never did that again, um, bringing him down with me. So long story short, um, another event happened in that house after that where I told my family, they were like, oh, that's a weird dream, but didn't believe it. They just think I'm freaked out. I'm sitting on the couch in the living room with my mom and Charlie's sitting on the couch with us. And in the living room, again, our first floor was a big circle, kind of, so every, every room's connected. Our living room is next to the front entrance of the house. And in front of the entrance um, is the stairs to go up to the second floor. While talking to my mom on the couch, Charlie's ears perk up 
and he starts growling at the entrance where the steps are. And we stop talking and we're watching him. I'm like, this is weird. He's just growling, like the undertone growl. He gets up and he goes to look around the steps, which would be the hallway towards the basement. And he's growling. Then he looks up the steps and growls with his hair straight up. My mom and I get up from the couch. And as soon as we get up, it's like we were his backup. He felt confident to run up to the stairs and continue growling. My bedroom door is shut. He went up to my door and was growling at the door. We opened the door and he went to the wall next to my bed and was growling at the wall. My mom was with me, definitely was freaked out by it, but it just confirms for me that something came from the basement and went to my room. Um, I, I didn't move out immediately after that. I stayed there and there wasn't anything other than that that happened, but it always stuck with me. Um, so just wanting to share my story. I'm on a road trip to see a friend. Um, I, I found this podcast and felt inspired to share my story. Um, you know, some people will definitely think it's just, you know, my energy and my vibe about it being freaked out. But, um, my dog is very in tune. Um, and it just kind of confirms with me hearing other people's stories that, you know, these experiences are real and, um, Thankfully, we're good where we are at now. It's not that we have any of those experiences in our new place. I've moved out of my parents' house with my fiance, and everything is good. But um, still, if I bring Charlie to my parents' house, doesn't go to the basement, has to hurry walking past it down the hall, but will never pass the entrance on his own. Um, if he were to pass the entrance, it's to get him to go through the kitchen to another room, and you have to force him. He starts drooling. He gets so worked up. So we don't do that to him. Um, just wanting to share my story and, um, hopefully, you know, this kind of confirms with anyone else experiencing something similar that it's real and, um, I ignore it. I don't go after it, but thank you for listening. Interesting story. Thank you. Uh, what's your thoughts? Well, number one, she found the place where she can tell a story like that where probably 99% of the people listening are going oh yeah 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 like you know it's like nobody's judging a story like that where you know oftentimes you tell a story like that and people are like yeah bullshit and but the other part of that um that i think a lot of people will relate to is i think that animals really have a sense that we don't have Mm -hmm. and we've discussed that a number of times and and so if my dog or cat is like acting weird about something, a lot of times like they're sensing something I'm not mm-hmm. picking up on. And it's weird too, would even, cause remember my last house, haunted, not haunted house, mm-hmm. but it wasn't haunted, but weird shit would happen there. And buddy did that. Like he, I had a living room in the basement. My friend had his living room upstairs. So we both had separate spaces we hung out at and um, Buddy, and it came up in my Facebook memories like a couple weeks ago. Really? And Buddy um, would go downstairs, hang out with me. I had another dog at the time. Everything was good. I lost the other dog and Buddy would still hang out with me. And then one day would not go in the basement. Seven years go by. And like, and Buddy like was 65 pounds or so at the time. And so, you know, carrying him down the stairs 
for a woman my size, it yeah. is kind of hard. Yeah. And so, like, a couple times, you know, I'd get him, you know, maybe thunder or something like that. I'd get him to go down the stairs, and then he would just turn around and go right back up. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get him to go down the stairs. And he's 15 now, so probably maybe when he was about 12 to 13, mm-hmm. started going downstairs again. <laughs> like, it was fine. Totally fine. But for seven years, the dog did not go down. Would not, like, and you could see his little tail between his legs. Like, he is not happy about being down there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, there's something that, I don't know. I guess he was picking up on it. I don't know. Hmm. But I, like that, you know, she has this really intense dream. And then the dog just happens to, there's the basement stairs, not having a problem with it before. Now does. I don't know. I just trust the pets, and yeah, like, I mean, you can't. They have a weird feeling about it. Go with it. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't deny what they're doing. They're not doing it just for the hell of it, for attention. They're they got intent on, on what they're looking at, why right. they're looking at it, and yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. Trust the pets, you know, on a lot of things because they're going to just, you know, they're the canary in the coal mine sometimes to to some of these things. So I found some interesting information about uh, noise-canceling headphones to answer the unsolved mystery of how they work. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. I, I, when I get on ta- tangents, I'm like, I got to figure I this out. I know you do. Um, so uh, the headphones, uh, where is it here? The, the noise-canceling headphones use active noise uh, technology. A microphone captures the targeted ambient sounds, and then a smaller thing generates sound waves that are exactly out of phase with the undesired sounds. So your microphone on your thing works in tandem with it, and then it's... It, do you remember ever being ever been in a radio station where things are out of phase on the air? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so if you're listening in stereo, you can't hear anything. But if you're listening on a mono speaker, you mm-hmm. hear everything. Yeah. That's because I've had like a station get struck by lightning and then the board was like that for a week. Um, so that's essentially what it does. Out of phase cancels stereo noise out. Uh, so what you're saying is there's a radio person who thought of that. Like there's an engineer who worked for a radio station that was like, aha, I got an idea. It was actually for pilots is how it was developed. Okay. For, uh, but it still could have been an, an engineer person. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, it's be, that's the way their brain be thinks. someone who has, who understands audio engineering and how that works. Um, but I think most of the general public has no idea what out of phase means or that it could be such a thing. It's still broadcasting noise, but your right and left channels are, directly opposing each other in just a perfect way that it cancels the wave out and then you hear absolutely nothing but sound is still being transmitted right we can't hear it and that's with a stereo but then if you do mono you can't do it a mono out of phase because you need stereo to make it out of phase so but if you're listening to like you know transistor you know one speaker radio you'd hear that station just fine but that two speaker one would not come in it yeah it's interesting so i guess it's how those headphones do that wow we learned something new here tonight on Bill Nye the Science Guy. Uh, I'm glad we could all uh, participate as uh, Tony learns uh, how things work. All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. EPP, sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and more, and help keep us on the air. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories 
online.